one. Hello and welcome to another episode of Collective Conversations. I am your host, Mike Brewer, and I am exceptionally excited about today's episode. Our guest helps property managers and multifamily pros reach their marketing goals through Sprout membership and simply social membership. I had to practice that because it is a mouthful. <laughs> Plus, she is the host of uh, Marketing Home, Marketing You, a podcast for multifamily. Barbara Savona is the CEO and co-founder of Sprout Marketing Multifamily. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I feel like that was a lot, a lot, but you know, I am the person that, you know, when I started the business has the longest URL. It's watch your business sprout with three S's. So talk about a mouthful. <laughs> that is awesome. Barbara, I, I have to tell you, I have long been looking forward to this. And I know we had a little bit of a fit and start uh, last week. We were supposed to record, but I've so been looking forward to this. This is the first time you and I have ever interacted. Um, I'm going to call this in person, even though it's virtual, yeah. but uh, I've long admired your work, your creativity, your thought process. It's just wonderful. And I'm excited about this. Oh, thanks, Mike. I feel the same way. I, I, I'm always observing what you, you're up to and listening to your different episodes. And so it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Appreciate those kind words. So let's start by, we're, we're both a podcast and a video uh, podcast, whatever you call yeah. that. <laughs> um, so maybe start by telling our audience, our viewers and our listeners, listeners rather, a little bit about yourself and uh, certainly about Sprout Marketing. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I accidentally landed in this industry uh, almost 20 years ago, like so many people do, but I fell in love with it. And um, I fell in love with it for two reasons. Home has always had a special place in my heart. So I come from um, a German mom from Germany and a Mexican dad from Mexico. Oh, so wow. English is actually my third language. I learned Spanish first, uh, German second, and um, English when I went to school in kindergarten. And so for me, I think early on, I, I don't want to go so far back, but I kind of feel like I have to, the roots of everything in our life was home. We didn't have money. We were, you know, my parents came from other countries, just like babies, you know, and I was early on part of, we grew up like the three of us together. And so every home that we got, the next home was like a step up for us. So we started in a little trailer park. We moved to a fourplex and we moved to an even nicer fourplex. And I just remember that every chapter of my life, home was in the backdrop and it just meant so much for us, you know? And even when we talk now, we're like, okay, that was the home on, you know, Chauncey and remember how great that was. And in, in those homes, there were all these characters in the neighborhood. And for me with an imagination, you know, I, I didn't grow up really as an American child, you know, I grew up with seeing the poverty in Mexico and then the extreme technology in Germany because I would visit both. So I just grew for this appreciation at how home is so different for every single person, but it just is a special. So I noticed that when we were very poor, we still had the same goals as people that had a lot of money. We wanted a happy family, a happy home. And so I bring that up because I think that's why there's like such a love for this industry is it just means a lot to me. And um, so over the years when I landed accidentally in property management and just it feels like it was one accident after another from leasing to six months later being a property manager and then, you know, years later leaving the on-site world. 
I just knew that home and people, whatever I was doing, it had to involve those two. To me, that was the formula. And so that's what brought me to creating a, a marketing company. But really, I think about it as a community centered on people and home. I I just love that. And it, you know, you you answered a question that I had when I was looking through your LinkedIn profile in terms of working for Para Rintar. Is that uh -huh, Yeah. Yeah, it's for Rent Spanish magazine. <laughs> right. I, I I was like, oh, that's really cool. I have to ask about that. But you answered <laughs> <this> already. <laughs> I know most people, it's like my little secret weapon. Like, especially living in Texas, everybody speaks Spanish, you know. And so most people don't think that I do. So it was always like I could I that helped a lot in property management, especially at my early communities. And so yeah, so when I started Sprout, um, it was there was to me, I I started as a property manager when I was also starting another first role for me. So first time property manager, first time being married. And it was a lot at once. And I wanted to be really good as a property manager, but I really wanted to be a good wife and have a start my successful like home life. And I always felt that there was that conflict of how do you do it all? And um so years later, when I was ready to leave the on-site world and ready to leave the vendor world, and I was thinking, well, what, you know, what can I do? I have this entrepreneurial spirit. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. I wanted to do something that would help the property managers that felt like they were trying to do it all and just couldn't, but they still, they didn't want to sacrifice like being good at something. So I knew I couldn't solve all the problems. I'm not great at math and spreadsheets, but I'm like marketing, I can help with. So that's what why we created Sprout, which is all about helping on-site teams market their communities and just saving them time and helping them keep up with everything that's changing, social media, you know, just all the facets of marketing, but making it easy and making it fun. Uh, and <laughs> well, I will tell you, you you hit it out of the park as it relates to making it fun. I I uh, I think about I think I'm looking at an Instagram feed, but maybe you're doing some of these videos on TikTok. I'm not sure <laughs> repurposing them on the on the other platform, but your creativity is off the charts. <laughs> and I'm just curious, where does that where does that come from? Like where when in your life did you wake up and think, wow, I'm or maybe you don't think that you're creative, but you start to express yourself in the way of a creative and an artist. Yeah. So I I guess because I I'm around so many creatives in the form of like actual designers. I don't have that talent. And so I never really feel like creative the way that they are. But where I am creative is I, I like books. I like learning and I like repurposing. Like I like that in life. So I told you, I think earlier, like we live in a shipping container house. So to me, it's like the <laughs> ultimate repurposing. Like yeah. I love that with anything. So, you know, when we were little, it was like, how do we take something from a garage sale and make it feel like it's brand new? And so with books, it's like, I'll hear an idea that is meant for a Forbes 500 company and be like, okay, how do we take it down to the common person and make it fun? And I think both you and I love Gary V. like that's oh. our, and he's always so interesting, but I feel like he's got that scrappy mentality that's like, okay, you know, what can I take? What are people into? And that I'm always looking to say, like, I walk into a store and I'm like, why do I all of a sudden feel really good in this store? And I just left this other store and I was uncomfortable or I was like awkward. And so I'm, I feel like that's my little like spidey senses always going off and thinking, 
I want to make people comfortable in, in their interactions and I want to encourage people. And so maybe that's a form of creativity. So I don't know that I think that's where it stems from. Oh, I, I, I have to unpack this a second. So when you when you make a remark like you walk in a store and you you are mindful enough to realize that something about that store makes you feel a certain way versus I'll speak from my own uh, autobiography. When I walk in a store, I'm just on a mission to get to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> get out. But what 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 is it that gives you the sort of presence in a moment where you can actually realize that this store or this experience is making you feel a certain way? I'm just curious. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if it's a little bit of a man versus woman thing. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Um, I also. I, I mean, maybe a little. I, my husband would be like, "Yeah, I don't. I did not notice what music was playing, and I don't care what the sales girl said to me." <laughs> uh, I don't know. I grew up in an environment where I was very sensitive to the surroundings, always. Uh, to my like, are my parents in a good mood? How what's going on? How's everybody feeling? Um, that was a a thing, but you know, for me, like, I didn't. I think because I didn't fit in, I never a hundred percent fit in. So like. When I was in Mexico, I was the blonde girl with like, I was, I was awkward. I was not, I didn't fit there. Right. But I mean, I love that culture and I, I love that culture in Germany. I a hundred percent didn't fit in. So when I got here in the States, like I never fit in, I didn't, I wasn't a popular girl. I wasn't the cool girl, but I always like noticed how certain things made me feel like if somebody took an interest in me just personally, I was like, man, that like stuck with me. And I, I then wanted to make somebody feel that way. So like when I walk in a store, it's like to me, the difference between somebody can say like, hey, hun, and I can feel so warm and you can have somebody else that gives you that same expression and you feel really snobby and like you're, they're being talked down to. So it's everything from like the people to the temperature. Is it too cold? Am I like, am I wanting to get out of here? Is it overwhelming? Like when I walk in, is it easy to find things? Is it you know, is, is there a flow? Do I want to stay and hang out? And not all places are meant to stay and hang out. Like some businesses you want in and out, but that's part of design too. And I think that is the fascinating part is when it's created really well and you can have that experience and it can be just, it can make the difference of a successful business to a business that fails. I, so thank you for, for taking the time to, to walk through that. I, I have to imagine if we sort of play off of your lead in in the way of home and in sort of those four walls that that one lives in and your deep and intimate connection with that over your lifetime, I have to imagine that influences your business in the way of the creative in the way of the, you're helping the property manager. It's just kind of like you've unpacked it. How do you how do you generate that emotional connection in the multifamily space for? an operator when you're doing that work for them? I'll tell you, it's really challenging because we're not talking about home for one person. We're talking about home for three to 400 people and budgets are involved in money. And honestly, it's not always super profitable immediately to do that. Right. And I think that's what is hard with our industry. You know, I love working with operators that are thinking about the long term. What do they want to do? Even if they're not going to hold an asset forever, but what are they trying to create? And when I have the opportunity to work with a developer from conception all the way till they sell the asset, those are some of our most successful projects because we're thinking through that journey the whole way. But if it's somebody that just wants to turn and you know burn, like 
that's usually we're just not compatible. Not that there's not space for it. It's just not, it's not the work I do. That's not who I'm there for. And then the other challenge is, okay, taking it to the property manager that feels burnt out and feels a little bit fried. And I think that's been the hardest thing to see the last two years is we work with a lot of managers that came in with so much gusto and they're just feeling a little run down. So I'm constantly trying and our team too, to remind them like, you know, just like one little thing can make your day better. Something so small can impact your resident that can then have this trickle effect. Um, but it's, I'll tell you, that is probably, if I could figure that out a hundred percent, I mean, that would be, that would be my ultimate goal. It is a challenge to evoke those same feelings that, you know, that I've got for somebody that is, you know, just bombarded, not that they don't want to, but it's just a lot to juggle. I, I hear you loud and clear. Let, let's unpack that a little bit. I know there, I, I certainly believe in my heart of hearts that COVID has impacted our industry in a, in a big way. Yeah. Um, but it just, uh, it just feels heavy, right? The, the world feels heavy and certainly that is impacting our onsite teams. And what are, what are your thoughts about, about that topic? Yeah, I think that it's, you know, that I think people are stepping back that we were in this very fearful at the beginning, then it was like all hands on deck, do what we can do. But I feel for the onsite teams, they are stepping back and saying, how was I really treated during this time by my upper management? I've endured a lot. I put myself on the line. Am I getting that back? And I think the amount of turnover and the difficulty and getting people to you know, they're saying the great resignation. I don't think that this is because people just don't want to work. I think it's because people don't feel appreciated. And um, I think, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm in marketing and I think people think of me, oh, flyers and events. My real passion here is the people. And as a property manager for many years, I feel like sometimes I'm on the opposite side of the boardroom saying like, yeah, you want your manager to do you know, you want her to manage your multi-million dollar asset. You want her to run a maintenance team. You want him or her to host this event. So they're party planners, they're counselors, and you wanted to do it with a smile amidst a pandemic. And you also don't want to give them a raise when they're short staffed. I feel like that's the conversation that needs to happen is, you know, we are, um, if we are about home, it's not just home for our residents. It's like, where where can our people go home to? Like, how do they feel at the end of the day? So I just think that, you know, I think the negativity is there. I'm in this, a lot of these Facebook groups and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get at all political. I have no interest in any of that. Mine is, I would love to just be the cheerleader and the advocate for the onsite teams and to say, hey, you guys have options. And when you're really good, especially in an economy like this, you have options. And so step back and make sure that you're working for a company that is at least aligned with your core life values. And if not, there is com- there are companies like that out there. Oh, it's, it is so true. It's uh, the, the uh, opportunities that are presenting, the, presenting themselves in the way the multifamily space are, are just endless and yeah. and it's it, it it's just a matter i i want to segue that into something that you posted i think it was today or or yesterday um because i certainly do think that there is a piece of this equation where um the business itself 
is there to serve the people that serve it, meaning the team member. And if we do that well, then the consumer gets served well, the business partner gets served well, and certainly investors uh, reap a windfall. But the other side of that equation is that you have your own agency, right? Absolutely. And sometimes people forget that. They forget that. But you posted something recently. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I, I just talked about how, you know, you bring <clears throat> you to every situation. And I think that is, it was a reflection of myself too. You know, when I, if I hear myself complaining a lot about things, it's like, I kind of stop and pull back and say like, well, the common denominator is Barbara here. So what can I do? You know, if I'm not happy with this, is this the way that, you know, am I responding in the right way? And so I think the flip side of that is to like some of those Facebook groups, people get in there and blast their management company. And I'm like, okay, I'm not an advocate of that either, you know? So to me, it's, back to what it is it's like we all have options and so management companies have options and we as individuals have options and i feel like if you conduct yourself in a way that you can be proud of you will always have options and i think that's what's so cool is you know i might not like the way somebody did something i don't need to blast them but i also don't need to be a part of that situation and i can pull back and say well what are my options and that's why Part of the things that I train on is not just marketing your business or your home, apartment home, it's market yourself, make mm -hmm. good connections, build a good reputation. You know, if, you know, if, if, if I see you blasting somebody on a Facebook group, even if you have the right, I'm going to think twice about hiring you because can I trust you? Are you loyal? Are you, you know, do you have those qualities that are so important to me? And not just when things are good, right? Because anybody can be nice when things are good. It's, do you have those qualities all the time? So I think if you're seeing a pattern of your life where you're constantly the victim, it just might be time to look in the mirror and to say, okay, you know, yes, life has handed me a few things that are tough. What am I contributing? What can I do? How can I make this easy? I, I love that. Talk to us about, I have to imagine that you have some systems or some routines it's certainly you identify a moment where you're sort of struggling internally or your the stories you're telling yourself aren't, aren't productive are there actual routines that you go through or be that when you wake up in the morning you do xyz before you you show up for the day or when you go to bed at night you do xyz so that you wake up in the morning primed are there things yeah, yeah i mean i think um you know i i actually wrote down so i was a very push pull person like all my life, like I'm pushing for what I want. I'm pulling people with me. I have in the last probably five years adopted a, a little bit more of a loosely structured person, which is hard for a very type A person. Um, but I'm just not in a place in life where I want to like push and pull people or myself. I kind of want to, I have structure, but it's loose. And so for me, you know, when things aren't going good, it's because a few of my core things are off. And so I was actually just talking with my sister about this yesterday because she's like, you, things don't stress you out. I'm like, Mars, they stress me out. I mean, they stress me out just like anybody else. But when that happens, I go back that I'm off somewhere. Like, so for me, and I know everybody's different, you know, I try to get up and I read my Bible or read something else. I, you know, I think about what I'm going to do. I journal. I've journaled since I was eight and I do that every single day. Um, I find getting it on paper gets it out of my mind and then I don't have to think about it. Um, I go for a walk. So I'm a big walker. Um, but, you know, back to that loosely structured, I was going to say, 
for years, it was like, if you don't do this by six or six 30, you're a failure. Now I'm like, this is my goal for the day, for the week, how I get it done. I'm okay with it being a little bit flexible. Um, and so, yeah. And when I hear myself in a negative pattern, I mean, my business partner, I haven't mentioned her, Lauren, we've been best friends since we were 14. So I call her and she gives me the pep talk I need. And I call my sister, my husband's a great listening ear. And so just going back to those things. And I find that if I take care of like my body, my spirituality, and not like my body to be like the most amazing shape, I just mean, just like to feel like, Hey, I feel like if I show myself, Hey, I care about you enough to do these things, then I can show up like that for everything else. And definitely have my bad days where I act not like the person I want to be, but it's, to me, that's a cue that one of those things is off. Oh yeah. The universe has a wonderful way of reminding you. doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> you, you know, when you, when you were speaking through that, it brought to mind heart, body, mind, and soul. And, and I have to believe that there is a, who knows what, what this looks like, but you seem like the perfect person to do this, or, or you're probably already doing this, but, putting something out into the multifamily space that that hits that heart body mind and soul in the way of of you know routines or disciplines that that one puts into their lives i'd love to see that at some point it's just man, uh, that would be so cool i think the thing with our industry and this is where man i'd love to hear even your thoughts on this is you know how do you get people that are feeling that burnt out sometimes when you're in that space it's hard to realize that these things that don't they're not immediate are going to be your long-term things. So, you know, it's, it's like the taking a lunch, taking a break, being kind to yourself, even the way you talk to yourself. And I feel like those things, it's, a, it's hard sometimes to stop and do those things that you're not going to see maybe the results for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, we should, we should definitely lead the charge in that. Oh, I, I'd love to do something with that. I, I, I think you're so right. I, I, uh, when I miss a run, I'm, I, I run in the morning. When I miss a run or I read the Bible in the morning, I, I have all these different things that I do in the morning just to get myself primed for the day. But I'd, I'd love to key on the one you just said. Party managers sacrifice their lunch hour. I, I worked on site to begin my career, sacrificed my lunch hour like it was just the thing you were supposed to do. But I learned at some point in time that if I don't take that lunch hour, mm -hmm. When I show up for the second half of the day, or when I sort of just segue into the second half of the day without that reboot, it's it's the worst thing for your for your heart, body, mind, and soul. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the property manager really they have so much on their plate, but honestly, they set the pace. So if you as a property manager push yourself till you're burnt out, if you never take a lunch, your team's gonna think that that's what they're supposed to do. So, you know, with our team, we're not on site, but we are all hard workers and very type A. And so we have a Slack channel and part of what the team leads do is nudge people, hey, go, you know, go take your lunch. We also instituted flex time. So five to 10% of everybody's time is basically we call it on the clock off the clock so you're getting paid like you're on the clock you don't have to tell anybody in your family that you get this time off it's supposed to be sprinkled out throughout the week for you to take that extra long walk extra long lunch and we did that because you know when when i left the corporate world and i loved working on site and then i worked for many different vendors well mainly for rent media solutions in different capacities but i 
wanted to build something that didn't have that was structured but didn't have that corporate feel and one thing that lauren and i were really big on is hey if we want that in our life our employees probably want that in their life too and so that's what we've come to and when people are like trying to think about how to reward their employees i think sometimes we get too complicated with the gimmicks people just need space and time and they need to decide how they want to use it. And so for us, we started that at the beginning of COVID, which is the opposite of what most people were doing. They were pushing their teams and we were doing the opposite and it created something that I wasn't expecting. The teams started helping each other. So because they wanted that person to enjoy their flex time, they got so tight because they're like, okay, we don't want to interrupt Amber while she's on her flex time. How do we figure this out? and vice versa. And so I don't know, I just think that this might be a time in our industry to actually do the opposite of what we've been doing for all these years, because clearly it's not working. People are tired and they're burnt out. I, I think that is so true. It's just so true. I, I'm curious, when you you implemented flex time, did you find it difficult or did did your team members find it difficult to sort of undo those kind of baked in imbued behaviors so much so that now they have this free time they didn't know what to do with themselves did you find yeah i mean we had like we literally had to like nudge people like hey this is your flex time and what we said was like try to not make flex time be running errands if possible or doing things that you have to now we have some single moms and that flex time is saving their lunch on doctor's appointments and things like that and again we don't want it to become where it's like i'm not managing how you use it but yeah it was it was difficult a little bit but I think that when we've done our reviews and just talked to the team, I mean, out of anything that we do, that's what people here appreciate the most is that we're not just saying that we value your off time. I mean, it's like we really, I, I need it. So I know that you need it. And then ultimately it's going to produce better work. So when you're thinking financials, at first it might seem like E, but really the benefit that you get in return, it's you're going to get that ROI back, even if you don't think so. Oh, I, I have to believe that you do in the in the sense that when when one has the opportunity to recharge their batteries, when they come back to it, right, they're, yeah. they're doing it with an amped up energy. A hundred percent. And they feel like, you know, they feel like their employer actually cares about them as a person. And, you know, back to that, why we're having have a hard time hiring people or finding people that want to work is because I think people have been shown that sometimes their boss doesn't really care about them. They say they do. They have a core value on the wall, which I think like either you live it or don't put it on the wall, right? So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I get fired up about this just because I've seen how it's worked so well for our team. And I, I would encourage that instead of, you know, yes, money is important and especially with how things are, but talking to your team, I guarantee you, time is important. You might have a manager that would just love to be able to pick up their kids from school one day a week. Like how cool would that be that they get yeah. to do that? So ask and be okay to get personal and, and find out, you know, what is important to you and let's see how we can make both of those things work. I, I agree. It, it's interesting. I just, I just had this conversation a couple of days ago with one of my team members and, and I say it jokingly, but I, I'm half-heartedly serious about it. Um, I have team members that take off PTO and call it a mental health delay. It doesn't matter what right, they right. but they, but they check in on email, right? And right. they stay in and they answer email when they're, when they're out. And I, 
have almost gone to the extent of like shutting down their access. Right? <laughs> You're like, no, you will rest. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, you know, the whole intent of taking the day off is to get yourself recharged, <laughs> but then you're checching in and I have to believe that plants anxiety in, in their of minds. Course. Of course. Yeah. Or the, or the fear of missing out sort of thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. But it's important that people take care of themselves. So, um, how do we, I, I want, um, I want people to know where they can find you, not just for your marketing sort of, but also I read on your LinkedIn page, the motivational speaking, the, the things you, how do people tap into that part of your offering as an individual? Yeah, so I, I don't do as much public speaking as I used to, but I do a lot of training and a lot of video kind of things now. And so anybody, they can DM me or they can message me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I work with people that really want to do the work and I get excited about it. And um, I still do things for individual management companies here and there, but I feel like now I'm able to reach a lot more. So you know, people think of our membership as marketing, but there's so much training in there. And it's a lot of training about, you know, when I say like automation, it's not automation so you can go do more work. It's automation so that you can go have a life. So I think it's just a different kind of a company when when someone becomes a member with us, they're kind of getting that philosophy in everything we do. We're like, can this be simple? Okay, let's make it simple. And I do a lot of training inside of the membership that I don't really do anywhere else because to me, those that are members, they want to do really good in there. They're, they're wanting to do the work. And so that's really, I think that's really where I spend the most amount of time, but Instagram too. Like, I mean, I get a lot of DMS and I end up becoming friends with people the same way that you and I have. And a lot that are, Hey, I just started leasing. What do I do? And so I try to give as much, you know, as I can there as well. Is that so the, the differentiation between Sprout membership and simply social membership, it's the simply social membership that has the training offering? Is that? No, the Sprout membership is our all-inclusive membership. And so simply okay. social is a piece of it. It gives people just the social media access. So basically if a site is posting their own social media, we give them all pre-written caption templates, graphics, so that when you're sitting down to write something, it's already written and you just make it your own like a Mad Lib style. And the uh -huh. whole reason behind that is we, we create posts for apartments specific to drive results. So it's engagement, it's you know sales, it's marketing. But inside of the membership with Sprout, not only do they get the flyers and things like that, they get the training on, okay, time management. I mean, I, I partnered with a therapist that was, was in multifamily and we have coaching inside of there on dealing with anxiety, dealing with P, you know, PTSD, dealing with depression. Uh, we have a coach in there that um, he, he was our business coach. How do you hire right? And how do you create a marketing platform? Because really that's what you're doing when you're hiring is you are marketing yourself as the company. And so, you know, sometimes I think it falls under the umbrella of, oh, it's just marketing, but it's really not. It's more like, it's more like the hacks of property management. That that makes sense. That's it's uh I, I think you hit on something that is super important in, in terms of really telling the story, right? Yeah. Telling the story of your organization and doing that in a way that is uh full of impact for that person that might come to work for you. And it's especially important in today's hiring environment that you have that uh 
call it a safe space or a psychologically safe space where people can come and and be themselves uh, fully and wholly, right? It's mm -hmm. it's uh, I often talk about it like uh, when a person shows up at your business, a team member, they don't take all their problems and put them on a nice little coat hanger and leave it at the door, right? It oh. comes across the threshold with them. Oh, oh, it's like it's funny because we know we can't compartmentalize, but we want our employees to compartmentalize. And to a certain extent, you have to obviously come in and be professional. But if I'm having, and, and I think the thing is like, people are dealing not with like small things. These are like major things. You know, I, I one of the forums was about when dealing with death on site. And I think we don't talk about that enough. How many times you're dealing with finding somebody that has passed away sometimes in a horrific way. How do you deal with that? You know, right. so put that aside and you've got families that are grandmothers that are raising their children. You know, you've got people that are taking care of elderly parents and kids at home. I mean, these are heavy, heavy things. So when you hire the individual to say that, I just want you to come in and do the work. I mean, it's not realistic. It's you've got to know the person and you've got to be invested in them and in their success. If you do that, they're going to be so invested in you. And I think that's that's the marketing piece that comes in because I feel like people, again, how we have options, your company should make me want to work for you. I should know what I'm getting into and I should feel good about it. And we're going to have less turnover if we do it like that from the start. Oh, it, it, it's so right. It's um. I, I think those organizations that will differentiate themselves in mm -hmm. the future will be around this idea, right, of of treating people holistically. And yes. and when they come in and they've even even to the point where you're teaching and training people how to identify the tells, right, that right. someone might be having a bad day, and and going to the extent of, hey, look, take some time off. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I think we get so worried about being professional and it's like there is definitely lines you don't want to cross as an employer and employee, but at the same time, we're all people. And so, you know, when you have the camaraderie to see that, like, it, if I see in your face that you're having a bad day and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? Are you OK? I don't need to prod and you don't have to tell me everything, but just to, like, have somebody there that's, you know, cheering you on and, you know, being your encourager, that's we all need that. That, that's it's so right. So right. I want to take a little bit of a segue here or make a little okay. bit of a segue. I'm uh, you're a reader. I'm a reader. I'm deeply interested in what you might be reading currently or a book that you gift often or that has really impacted you or influenced you in some way. Yeah. So I think that we have this in common. I'm like obsessed with how like little tiny things make a difference. So um, I love the book Tiny Habits. I like Atomic Habits by James Clear. I find that I read that one like over and over because I love I love how just one tiny change could, you know, set aside, make everything different. And I like environment design. To me, that's really interesting. That goes back to setting home. I also like the one thing by Thomas Keller, The Focus. I think that one's such a good one. Um, Right now, I'm reading a book by a woman called Susie Moore, and it's called Let It Be Easy. And it's about how, as humans, we complicate things and how to make scenarios just easy. And it's a super fun, simple read, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I just shared it, actually, with two friends yesterday, and I said, this is worth a read. I like it on Audible because she has a British accent. So, of course, <laughs> it's way more entertaining that way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, but I, I do. I read a lot, and then I... 
I don't have the best memory though. Okay. So, you know, I have to like reread things or I have to write things down. Do you, can you remember like, cause I see that you read, I mean, I think you read more than I read. Do you, are you a good like absorber? So like I do a lot of marginalia, okay. right? <laughs> yeah, that helps. And then I, you can't see it, but I have a, a sort of a box over here that is full of, I keep these uh, three by five cards. Okay. <laughs> on my desk and so anytime I circle something or highlight something in a book I literally write it on the card because that act of writing is what helps me imbue it in my mind and then I put it in this box and every now and then I flip through the box to keep key points in my head that is so smart so I do it in a spreadsheet but it's like I hate spreadsheets so I never go back like I never want to look at it I love the card thing because I feel like you're right writing it it's that secondary like trigger you know so yeah. So, I mean, but I do, I read a lot and I read for fun too. And I, um, and then sometimes I just take off of reading for a little bit. Cause I find that like too much input, you know, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I do like, cause I walk a lot. I, I love podcasts. I like you, I, I run every morning, but, uh, it's, um, I tend to listen to, I read a lot of business books, but I tend to listen to a lot of, I maybe call it rec recreational reading or okay. whatever. Can you, do you like that when you run? Yeah, right now I'm listening to War and Peace, which is like, a, <laughs> it's, an, it's wow. an incredible, I tried to read that book several years ago, but I, I just couldn't get into it. And then uh, I decided, I, it was just a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago that I was yeah. going to tackle that beast of a book. <laughs> I'm impressed because when I'm exercising, I need like hardcore music. I don't know that I like, but I guess, I mean, that just shows how we're all so different. Oh, I, th I think to your point though, there are days I'd rather listen to music and I listen to music yeah. when I run, but then there, the long stretches, I think I listen to books more than I listen yeah. to music, but they're Today I listened to music because I was just like, I can't do War and Peace this morning. <laughs> but isn't it so cool? Like, that's what's so cool to me about the era that we live in, just that we have access to so much of that. Like, I think about, because I love to, like, learn about anything. Like, that's just, my husband will say, like, you know, you, you like, who cares about, and I'm like, no, I'm just curious, like, how does that work? And I think like if we had lived in a different era to not be able to just be like, okay, why does, why did this happen? Or what, you know, I think that is just so neat. I. I have to believe too, it informs your creativity in that when you get broad, right? Somebody wrote a book called Range. I, I won't remember the author off the top of my head, but the, the central thesis to that book was that those individuals who go broad as opposed to going deep and each have value. It, it, right. But the broad thinkers, the broad readers, the broad experiential type people tend to be a little more creative in nature because they take these bits and pieces from all these kind of disparate uh, disciplines and they bolt them together. They kind of see how the world bolts together and then it expresses itself in a way that's really creative. That makes sense because you're kind of taking from all different experiences. I I, I like that. It, it's interesting. I, I see it in our owner, uh, Norman Radow. He, he reads very broadly, but he has this very unique way of bolting it all together and then expressing it in a way that is sort of kind of I don't dumb down is what comes to mind, but it's right, sort of, right. he makes it accessible, right? Right, right. Well, I think that's how our world works, right? So it's like, we have this beautiful world that is so broad, but it's like still at the core, so connected. And I mean, to me, when I think about even creativity, it's like just going for a walk, you come back like 
beyond the colors and your mind just, I, I don't know. I feel like that. I think that's why I, I don't run, but I love to walk. And I feel like that is just, if you're, if you're dragging in creativity to me, that's like, get outside. Oh yeah. It's, it's so true. I, I read Atomic Habits and I have to believe there was something in there. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have to believe there was something in there about being physical. The <laughs> thing that I remember taking away from that book is if I'm not mistaking it, uh, was like even just making your bed in the morning. Yeah. It's like yeah. one little quick win. The small wins. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? I'm going to be so controversial here. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm about to blow your world. <laughs> I literally wrote down because I listened to your interview with Tara and I was like, I don't make my bed. I am a type A that does not make my bed. And I have my reasons. Like, but I just, I hope I didn't let you down, Mike. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, maybe you let Sarah down. She's I might have let Sarah down. I just, you know what it is? It's that because I'm kind of like trying to not be a perfectionist, it's my nature. It's this like actual act of like allowing something to just be and be okay with it. And I like big fluffy like comforters. So to me, it's like, nah, just let it like feel cozy. Like I, but Lauren, my best friend, if the sheets aren't tucked like hotel tight, I mean, it's not a good day. So oh. we're just, you know, we're opposites in that, but I do believe in small wins. Like you guys were talking about, I think that's hundred percent, but the bed just isn't that big of a deal to me. <laughs> well, full disclosure, my version of making the bed is taking that big fluffy comforter and just. <laughs> that, okay. That's my husband's version too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Maybe I was a little misleading in that remark. And I, made that no, I love it. I was listening to that and I thought, oh no, I'm going to like, I'm not going to be part of this club because I do not make the bed. <laughs> but it's, I mean, the, the overarching message there is really important. Those, those little things that you can yeah. do, just any little thing that sort of primes your, primes your pump, so to speak for the day. It, yes. It's important and, and doing it over a very long bit of time and sort of, honing the art of discipline, right? That just, it's just oh, yeah. something that it helps. Yeah, it absolutely. Helps. Well, I, uh, I want to kind of draw us to a close here. I think okay. we could just talk I know about we could. <laughs> uh, and I'd love to back, have you back for a round two at some that point. Would be I think so fun. Let's do that. Um, but anything you want to leave our, uh, our viewers, our listeners with uh, today? Yeah, I think to me, it's like, you know, just because you're one property manager or you're one leasing agent, you have a lot of power. Um, you can change the energy in your community. You can change the energy in your team. You know, to encourage means to give somebody courage. And we all sometimes need to be given courage. And I think it's just instead of over and over talking about how hard things are, are, how rude the residents are, I would love for us to change the narrative and say, well, what one person can I be really sweet to today? How can I make somebody feel really good? And I feel that that will kind of start to trickle and will feel that. And so, you know, from a marketing perspective, you know, marketing sometimes to people feels hoaxy or gimmicky. I feel the best marketing is sincere marketing. And I feel that each person is the best marketing. So, show up as the best version of yourself and we get knocked down, but like pick yourself back up. And I don't know, I just think this industry, you have the ability to impact a lot of people. I have a lot of empathy and a lot of um, just love for this industry. And I think, you know, if nobody's giving you credit, give yourself credit because you're doing an awesome job. Oh, wise words, wise words. Yeah. Rewind that and listen to that multiple times. <laughs> oh. 
I uh, I really appreciate your time today. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I definitely want to get around to in at some point, but before we sign off completely, where can people find you? Online? Yeah, so I, I I think Instagram is where my personality comes off the most. I'm at uh, at Sprout Marketing uh, is my handle. You can also be a part of my email list and people are surprised, but I write every single email that goes out to our prospects and our members. So try sproutfree.com. And a lot of it is like marketing related, but a lot of it's just hacks and tips to make your job easier. And then I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as Barbara Savona. And um, yeah, so I think those places, LinkedIn, Instagram, and then our email list at trysproutfree.com. Excellent. There you have it. Go connect with Barbara. She's please, awesome. Please do. I'd love to, to meet more people in our world. Excellent. Until next time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mike.